Welcome back to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual is really going strong now. <laughs> we are ready to appease those old gods one <laughs> minute at a time. I am Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hey, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And for one final time, we are welcoming back two Ninja Movies by Minute podcasters, Sean German and Pete Mummert. Hey, I hate because every time I come home, Sean is like hiding in the, in the hallway above my head. <laughs> <laughs> Once Sean gets in your head, it's hard to get him out. <laughs> so in today's episode, we are covering minute 66 of The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, the red phone rings. And it's not good news. <laughs> yeah. I love the the way the shot comes in on this red phone because yeah. it kind of made me think, and maybe it comes to mind for you guys, like iconic red phones in other movies. I kind of yes. tried to yes. look it up, but it kept I kept seeing uh, my Google foo was failing me because I kept getting like red phone booths. <laughs> mm. I was trying like to all the like. Cold yeah. War thrillers and the president, you know, the yeah. Russian premiere would always call the president and they'd always, the red phone would be ringing. And totally. Yeah. So I like that. I like how this bunker has like a modern yet kind of Cold War feel to it. And this phone uh -huh. definitely, yeah. definitely evokes that. Well, this is kind of like the, um, the bat phone mm -hmm. from the, the 1966 series. That was another, another red phone. Yeah. yeah, I was oh, going to okay. say, I, I okay. thought that was the re a red phone as well. And huh? that, God, it's so interesting that, you know, phones are now antiques in this way. Yeah. Because the young people don't know about yeah. the wall phones. They don't know having <laughs> to stick your finger in the little dial and, you know, make the little, yeah. you know, the little the noise where you have to. And then if you like screw up, then it's just like you're, you're done. You got to start all over again. Like it's not nothing's in, in digital. But did you guys ever have like cool phones? in your room did you get you ever get like a novelty phone i had the classic slimline brown slimline oh <laughs> was that touchstone did that have like the buttons on it you know yes it did i can remember the feel of those little touchstones yeah. and the way it would uh -huh. light up mm -hmm. uh -huh. little push buttons yeah how about you yeah. guys I was never lucky enough to have my own phone in my room. So I'd have to, it, it would always be the thing where you'd have the really long cord on the one phone, like down right. in the dining room. And you'd have to try to kind of sneak around the corner to get a little privacy and everyone would listen to everything you yeah. said. Yeah, we mm -hmm. had that. We had the, um, the, the phone in the kitchen, but it had the long cord. You could go around the corner into the bathroom and mm -hmm. close the door. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, somewhat, you know, not the best acoustics, but. You got a little bit of privacy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, now that's like, you know, that story does not relate to the current generation at all. No. Yeah, there are a bunch of people listening to this that have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, I only had that that slimline in one house with my family. And then once my dad and mom got divorced, Want, want, no more slimline phone. Oh. <laughs> and so, yeah, I would definitely count on a very long cord for my for my phone <laughs> calls. And when I lived with my dad and my stepmom and my brother, we had a really long cord. And I remember I could I could snake it through the kitchen, 
the living room or the dining room, which was actually a makeshift, <laughs> which is another story. And then through the other bedroom all the way to the porch. And I'd hang out out uh, there wow. and have phone calls. Yeah. Really yeah. <laughs> it probably started as a much shorter yeah. cord that just got stretched out. Became a longer cord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that those cords are really tightly wound. And then just with yeah. teenagers, they just yeah. got stretched out another three feet. And you'd always uh, twirl it around your finger when oh, you're talking. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and too. then the, the like, <laughs> yeah. the curls would get, would like turn the wrong way. And I would always be trying to straighten yeah. it out. Yeah. So yes. it was coiled the right way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's why all of us have OCD today. It was those, those phone cords. <laughs> But but this minute, so this minute starts off with kind of where we finished off on Wednesday with with Sitterson like asking the same question we were. What do you mean upstairs? Right. Like, well, if, if he doesn't right. know, like, mm-hmm. okay, we're just the audience. We just showed up. Like, we have an excuse, <laughs> but like, you work there and you're kind of in charge. You're not the intern. You should know what they mean by upstairs. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, we we conjectured, but yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there isn't really a the movie doesn't give us a definitive answer. Or does, does it is is he asking is it a serious question or is it just like a rhetorical thing like what do you mean they're calling from upstairs what went wrong or is it what do you mean upstairs? Yeah, I think he means what do you mean about because they said there was a glitch, a power yeah. reroute from upstairs, which mm-hmm. is why I always thought that it made sense that that was Marty because there's this rerouting of power upstairs but yeah what do you mean upstairs that with the phone ringing then it's yeah. like oh, wait a minute okay what's <laughs> going on here we don't understand <laughs> citizen doesn't understand hadley they're both like give each other the that across the room oh, look yeah, like that, whoa. yeah that's a great shot like yeah. the focus changes on the camera the, that's the, a great the focus shot. shifts and mm-hmm. yeah just that you realize yeah, the the poo hit the fan, and <laughs> you know, just realizing, yeah. So I I took that as like as not a rhetorical question. Like he really he's really asking, what do you mean upstairs? And then yeah, turn the music off, and mm. you just get the silence broken by the ringing of of the phone. That also mm. reminded me of yeah. yeah. That phone doesn't have it's a like dial. The phone, the num- the calls only come in. They never go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love his walk to the phone because everyone it just mm-hmm. it's so still, and he just looks like a shamed child <laughs> on his way to pick it up. Yeah. And in fact, he, even his hello is so low. It's like hello, like he's he's not. It takes him a second to like man up and like take the information. Like he's trying to like almost talk with privacy, but it's room full of like scared drunk people at this mm-hmm. point. So good. Yeah. It also reminds me of, you know, we were talking about using the phone at home, but having him have the music get shut off also reminds me of like that thing of of your parents are calling <laughs> and you're having a party you're not supposed to be mm-hmm. <laughs> they're calling and you're like shut up you guys just totally. shut up <laughs> well it's a testament to, to hadley that everybody does shut up like everybody mm-hmm. seems to know the gravity of the situation because there's not like some clown in the back who's like hey and, like, you know, throwing a bottle or anything. 
Yeah, it's just a tribute to him walking with those 10 pound balls, man. He just, <laughs> he's, he's got the walk. <laughs> yeah. When, when he's walking over there, you see those, uh, those beautiful kind of exotic wood blood yes. switches on the wall. Nice, yeah. Have you guys talked about how those work? That was another question we I had. We questioned that as well, because we thought that it meant that the blood, that they've been maybe collecting blood over time, and it's stuck, it's glass, and then they break the glass, and then it sort of, we thought that it, it came oh, down. Okay. Like, I think the first time I saw the movie, I thought for a fleeting moment at the very beginning like oh is the blood coming from jewels and like seeping into the dirt and then somehow being collected and then you know like mm -hmm. i thought it was coming literally from the kids and yeah. then it was like oh wait it looks like maybe it's being collected and then then i think we both thought that it was there was some reservoir that it was coming down into those reliefs but then we realized at, during you know viewing it minute by minute that it looked like it was like seeping into those reliefs what yeah what did you think mm -hmm. pete yeah i i wasn't sure and I, it, it made me nervous too like what happens if they kill two people at once like is, how do you keep their blood separate or how do you mm. like and so i wasn't sure if it was actually the blood from these people or if it was yeah just blood. i think it's blood that they've been collecting because I don't know how it would get from them, like how they get it from the kids so quickly. Yeah. Unless part of that mm -hmm. weird manufactured world <laughs> where they are has some, some kind of collection device as soon as they're dead. They're just kind of you know, like a wood chipper <laughs> kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, we don't know how long they've been watching them and we don't know what type of, you know, machinations they could have taken their blood ahead of time. Oh, yeah. And and, and stored it. You know, that's possible too. Oh, that's a good Yeah, idea. it could have been, yeah, I don't know. It could have been last year's, you know, it's kind of like the Miss America pageant <laughs> where you have last year's, you know, pageant winner who comes out to, to crown the new people. Maybe it's, you know, last year's people. That's a, I like that. I love that, Molly. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, because I was wondering, like when Jules, like when her head gets tossed into the room, do they need a certain amount of blood? Like, had they lost a bunch of blood at that point, or is there any blood left in the head, or like how do they make sure they have mm. enough or collect enough? Mm -hmm. So I like your Miss America. Right. What's the quota? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting to to postulate on the world. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I personally like I, I appreciate looking at this and being like, well, what what is the actual story mm -hmm. behind this? And and is there a story? And, and to what degree? You know, I, I'm sure as a writer, the story's always the world's always deeper than what we can see. Uh -huh. And so they're just poking, you know, holes into it. But I, I yeah, I think it's curious to, you know, and it also speaks to them being good writers that that we can postulate about these things. You know, how does it really yeah. work? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's a, a particularly kind of, for me, keys the era when the movie was made. You know, this if this was done, this is a particularly modern take. Like if this was done in the, the 40s or 50s, I think it would be more more mystical, more magical. We wouldn't quite, you know, we wouldn't see as much behind the scenes where this is very, there's there is a spiritual supernatural aspect to it. 
but it's also very technical. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we see this control room, we see electronics and screens and buttons and switches. We see a very mechanical, very modern take on this, this ancient ritual Mm -hmm. that it's very, you know, kind of science is become intertwined with, with the mysticism. Mm -hmm. Sort of a, sort of a, a modern take on things. Mm-hmm. It's sort of quintessentially American. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Like, like it'd be fun to see the other control rooms around the world. Oh, totally. Like the nice, like the German, like sleek, modern, or the like the Japanese minimalist. Yeah, are they in like a, a temple on the top of a mountain? Mm-hmm. You know, do they conceive of it like not? It's because it has to be out of the way, but it just so happens that this particular location is underground. Oh, that's a good point. You know. Yeah. You know, they could really kind of be anywhere. I mean, as an island nation, maybe there's an island that these guys are operating on, you know, in Japan. Oh, so yeah. there's a little, who knows? It's just got to be, it's just got to be out of the way. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely reminds me of other shows where they get clever or have a good time, like having people be in secret locations that are named like something else, you know, like it looks like it's some unassuming business, but really stuff's happening <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah it's like uh was it kingsman mm-hmm. secret service yes do you guys see that uh-uh. yeah oh that's it's yeah i i liked it but yeah they're they're hiding out their secret spy organization in just like an amazing tailor shop oh. so hidden in plain yeah. sight yeah one thing i noticed even though they're covering the label, it looks like Hadley Sitterson and a few other people are drinking uh, Modelo Negra, <laughs> which yeah. is a really tasty mm-hmm. Mexican dark beer, uh, really mm-hmm. malty. It's definitely one of my favorites. Like if I'm having beer, I don't have beer all that often, but when I am, it's it's uh, one of my favorites. So I just went over to their website and I noticed that... Um, on the Modelo Negra uh, website that they have uh, recipes by Rick Bayless, who's, you know, he's like a famous white dude that it makes authentic kind of upscale Mexican food. (laughs) (laughs) This stuff's great. Like uh, he used to have shows on like PBS and stuff. I, you know, Mexico one plate at a time, I think, and some other ones. My, my husband, Brian and I used to uh, think it was really weird. I think the first time we watched a few episodes would be like it's kind of weird like his his daughter will be a guest and she'll kind of like help him make a dish or something but his wife was always like in the background and you never really got to meet her it was always seemed a little strange <laughs> oh wow it's like the like a melania trump kind know. of thing like just kind of off. i wouldn't like, go that far but yeah uh, but anyways uh yeah when we were in chicago actually for movies by minute chicago we walked by uh, his restaurant frontera and i was wishing that maybe i'd realized that it was there and would have gone in but anyway so I'll, I'll share those um that link to those recipes in case anybody wants to get some tasty recipes that are uh would be tasty with with Modelo or also have Modelo in them. But you will have to go to their website and actually put in your your the date of when you were um, <laughs> born sure so that age. they know you're over 21. <laughs> been so long since I've been carded by a website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking of websites, I was going to also mention that 
<laughs> the REO Speedwagon um, that we talked about earlier that was in the first minute that uh, the singer and songwriter Kevin Cronin that I went over to his website just for fun and that it looks it was last updated in 2012, which I thought was really funny because that's when this movie came out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that um, the latest updates are a special page that are family photos. So it's like the Cronin family photos. And <laughs> and there's a note, a message from the web, the webmaster. Remember when that was a thing where <laughs> you'd have the webmaster on your mm -hmm. website and the webmaster's talking about like, Hey, we hope you enjoy, you know, the new family photos section. And, and then the webmaster <laughs> signs it KC, which is yeah. also Kevin's initials so i'm kind of is wondering if kevin cronin <laughs> is the webmaster <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then i thought i'd click on the link that said tour and so i clicked on the tour link yeah and it went to an error page on reo speedwagon that's website. funny I went, I went to the site oh, i went to the same site no. and the first thing i clicked on was tour <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, I clicked on that same link, got that same error page. <laughs> I don't know. That guy sounds like a Kevin, you know, just like if I didn't know his name, I would totally guess Kevin. <laughs> it's a sound uh, maybe Kevin, he's yeah. Kevin that's, that's the scary guy in the, in the movie. <gasps> There's yeah, a guy totally. named Kevin who's on the, on the yeah. leaderboard. So, yeah, we've got kind of a mystery here. We've got Hadley saying hello, kind of his sheepish yeah. hello. And then he's talking into the red phone and says, that's impossible. Everything was done within the guidelines. The Virgin is the only one who, no, I'm not doubting you. Which one? And then we're like, oh, shit. Some stuff is going down. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> But I love it. Right when he says that, you see the zombie picking up Dana and just body slamming her onto yeah, the Yeah, gnarly. <laughs> oh my god, she really rolls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really does play with his food here, man. Holy shit, this is like twenty minutes of him just. Well, I have a question. Like, how did he get off the wall? You know, because he was pretty much. You know, mm -hmm. in a previous minute, she drove a crowbar through his cheek and, you know, stabbed the shit out of him. So, I mean, you know, he wasn't burned. He wasn't dismembered. You know, one of those classic get rid of the zombie type things. But I'm like, how did you, dude, how'd you get, how did you get out of there? Did like some people come and help you out? Did the guy with the bracer, the the Robin Hood guy come and help you out and like send you on your way? Like, how did you get out of that? Because it's been a while. Yeah, yeah it could have been the, the the handler guy, or it could have been Ma. Maybe Ma Buckner finally made it in and <laughs> helped wedge him, <laughs> wedge him out of his precarious position. Or yeah, good question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're believing you guys kind of right here at a very pivotal moment where it sounds like things aren't haven't quite gone as according to plan but we're not exactly sure what that means yeah yeah any any parting thoughts about <laughs> this minute or the movie in general yeah. or pete do you have any other questions i know you said you had a, some questions uh, well, just just one more yeah. question do we ever know who he's talking to on the phone i assumed it was the director but okay. i'm not sh positive yeah I, I, yeah that makes sense yeah what did you think i'm just curious yeah like, 
how big the company is or who, like who works like you know who pays these people or right is it a government organization like how does this all i'm just curious how the whole organization works yeah because they talk about overtime and stuff like yeah. that so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it doesn't seem like you'd really want to scrimp on paying your employees at a place like this like yeah seems like you kind of want to keep people happy <laughs> what are the benefits like what's the health plan i love it i love it you're like you know totally labor friendly <laughs> these guys <laughs> yeah do i gotta pay yeah. into this are you 401k matching you know totally <laughs> it's legit <laughs> yeah good question so yeah anything else anybody before we roll into our friday recommendations yeah well i just want to say i i i, I know yeah, i've said good. this to you guys um, off the air but i'll say it on the show that when i first saw this movie i was not that impressed i thought it was okay but i was not in love or anything but on rewatching, and it's certainly uh hmm. hearing your take on it heidi and molly uh hearing your your insights i'm really looking in at this movie in a different light and i really it's it's really moving up my list. It's not you know it's not like a top ten or a top twenty mm-hmm. yet, but it is something that I I can see myself rewatching periodically over the years. There is a lot a lot going on here. A lot I didn't appreciate. And one of the things is I'm like I'm the kind of guy like if I'm watching Law and Order, I'm tr- like I'll have a theory. I'll have the the killer picked out before the first commercial break. Like I'm always like looking for the answer, jumping to the end of the whodunit. And I think that's one of the mm-hmm. things that kind of mm-hmm. held me back from really enjoying it the first time I watched this movie, that I think I enjoy it much more knowing how it ends. So I don't have to think about it. I don't have to try to follow the cruise, clues and puzzle it all together because I already know. And then I can just enjoy the journey that the movie takes us on. And it's really interesting. So I just want to thank you guys for for doing this podcast and covering this movie and giving me an excuse to uh, to watch it again with you and uh, and gain new appreciation. So thanks. Yay! Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks both of you for for rewatching it and um, and taking on something that's not exactly a genre that you're really really into. And Pete, I, you mentioned that your wife's more of a horror fan. Oh yeah, she's obsessed. Yeah. Maybe we should have her on for a minute. Yeah, she'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got some juicy minutes coming up. So totally. Do you know that she has a, a favorite, like a horror movie franchise or a particular movie that she's really she's all about? Oh boy. Lately she's been watching a lot that, that are she watches a lot of like Danish and Norwegian mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think she really mm. likes sort of the dark Scandinavian. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. I like it. Yeah. I think we should I think we should hit her up, hit her up for a visit. Yeah. So, yeah. So usually on Fridays, we like to just give everybody a chance to share what it is that they've been enjoying and uh, think other people might enjoy. We call it a pop culture recommendation. So, um, yeah. Who'd like to go first? Share. Show and tell. Well, I'll, I'll go first. I'll jump in. Yeah. So a... Actually, a, a biography, a, a book I'll recommend that I that I finished up recently on Shirley Jackson, and the book is called A Rather Haunted Life, and it's a biography by Ruth Franklin. And well, it, it ties in a little bit uh, with this movie, just the uh, some of the fiction 
that Shirley Jackson wrote. And she did, it's not really traditional horror, but certainly kind of horror themes and supernatural um, were some of the things. Uh, she wrote The Haunting of Hill House. We Have Always Lived in the Castle, a couple of her novels. She also did a lot of um, short stories. Probably her, her best known story is The Lottery. But she also did a lot of nonfiction memoirs kind of about her her life and her family. But uh, a really, really interesting book. One, just an insight into, you know, if you're a fan of, of horror and suspense and that sort of writing, um, you might be, you'd, you'd be interested in her as an author, but also just... She she was mainly active writing in the 40s and 50s in America. So an interesting take on on culture of the time of being a being a professional woman and trying to be trying to make a living as a writer at the time and mm-hmm. just really interesting stuff. And there's a lot of different connections. Her life interacts with and crisscrosses with a lot of the other writers that were active at the time. And, and I, I took a lot, a lot from it as, you know, I'm not a writer, but as a podcaster, sometimes I write things to kind of read or, or portray on a podcast. So that was interesting. I think just, just a, a perspective on mm-hmm. life, the perspective that Jackson had, I found really interesting. And then again, tie, you know, bring it back to the, the tie in with the movie, just her early life. I, I I was familiar with her fiction. I was a fan of her work, which is why I read the the biography, but I didn't know enough or I didn't know much about her her early life and early writings and kind of what what built her up into the person that then wrote the later novels and, and short stories. So a lot of interesting stuff and and the the kind of thing if you if if you like this kind of movie, if you like Cabin in the Woods then Shirley Jackson's probably a writer you should know if you don't already. And then once you know her as a writer, I think you'd be interested in in the biography. And again, that's A Rather Haunted Life by Ruth Franklin. Mm, awesome. Thank you so much. That's a great recommendation. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who's next, Pete? Uh, sure. I just finished a book, actually. I'm not sure the genre that's really fine. fits, but it's kind of a a dark book, but very touching. It's called Three Minutes in Poland by a guy named Glenn Kurtz. And he was digging through a closet at his parents' house and found these old home movies that his grandfather had taken um, of a trip to Poland in 1938. Um, and his grandparents were from a little a little village in Poland that was about 80% Jewish. And he sort of realized when he was looking at this video that the, like this might have documented something that didn't exist anymore and hadn't existed for a long time and it had sort of been wiped out during the Holocaust. And in the book, he goes through and he tries to find people that are in this home movie that his grandfather took in this little town. They're like they're little kids dancing, like everyone, you know, this rich American comes to town where he grew up and he's living in New York and he comes back to Poland and everybody in town kind of shows up and they want to be on camera. They're not used to someone showing up with a a home movie camera and all the kids are jumping around. And so his grandson, all these years later, who had never actually met his grandfather decides to try to track down people that may, if if anybody's still alive from that village, like they survived the Holocaust and maybe he could track any of them down and show them the film that his grandfather made and ask them about the town. And it's really kind of a remarkable book mm. where he tracks down, and, and several of them lived in the United States, actually. There were a number of people who had been kids at the time and how they had escaped the Holocaust and how they had, had made it through. And it was just really a, a, a touching look at 
sort of a, a lost world, but also trying to piece together something that everybody thought was gone and really an amazing mm. piece of detective work, but also just an amazing kind of meditation on how transitory life can be and really, you know, making the most of what you have while wow. you're here. Fantastic. So Sounds really interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, Miss Molly, how about you? Um, well, we started, and we haven't finished it yet, but we started a TV series from Netflix called Altered Carbon, and it's got uh, Joel Kinnaman in it, who you'll know from The Killing or Suicide Squad. I know that's you know polarizing <laughs> to people, but um, <laughs> and he also uh, was in uh, he was RoboCop, and he was in uh, the reboot of RoboCop, and uh, has James Purefoy in it. Who, if you checked out HBO's Rome, he was Mark Antony, and um, the following he was Joe Carroll. So the basic premise is that. Joel Kinnaman was a part of some type of an uprising. So it's future, future. So sometime in the future, he was involved in an uprising and is killed and is put on on ice, so to speak, for 200 some odd years and is put in what they call a sleeve. And so uh, in the future, everyone is outfitted with some type of disc that fits in the back of the neck that records your your human experience and that disc is then transferred and so if you were a, a Battlestar Galactica fan it's basically a Cylon type of a thing where you know the the human consciousness is downloaded into this uh, disc and then is transferred into to new bodies and and renders people basically immortal so they they call them sleeves and so they you know, just get upgrades those who can afford it. it it's a really interesting world and so it has a a real Blade Runner feel to mm -hmm. it aesthetically. And, and is very reminiscent of of the latest uh, Blade Runner that came out. Um, it's gorgeous. So if you're if you were wanting just a lot more Blade Runner in a TV series, this is definitely it. That'll definitely scratch that itch with this show. I will say that there's there's some level of clicheness that you're going to have to probably spin through the first couple of episodes. But I think that the world is is unique enough and curious enough that it's it's worthwhile to hang in for it. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, I've been wanting to. Yeah, noticed it came up and mm. yeah, definitely would like to check it out. So cool. Thanks. Yeah. So, all right, as per often happens, <laughs> mine is a podcast recommendation. <laughs> but yeah, this podcast is really quite different than a lot of other ones that I've listened to. And the guys at Pure Cinema Podcast, which is one of my favorites that I've, I've recommended before, they mentioned it. And this podcast is called The Secret History of Hollywood. Mm. And mm. it is actually really a storytelling podcast. So I know there's so many podcasts out there, it's hard to kind of decipher which ones do what and what's it about. And but this one is, when I say storytelling, it's like listening to an audiobook with a really wonderful voice person who reads it. But I, it doesn't appear to be, appears to be some people have done their research on the history of a bunch of different people in Hollywood, and then they build a story around it. And then this guy, Mark Gaddis, reads the whole thing. Mm. And but their sound design, he will be talking. And then if he's talking with somebody on the phone and you kind of hear something like mm -hmm. this, where it sounds like that person's on the phone and then there'll be really spooky ass music. <laughs> and then the part, the one that I'm listening to currently 
is called Shadows, and Shadows is a series of several episodes. And so Shadows, the first one, is the boy from the Black Sea, and I'll read exactly what it describes it to be. It says, Once upon a time, horror cinema was changed forever by the fiercely inventive imagination of a remarkable man. In part one of Shadows, the Val Luton story, hear the curious beginnings of a cinematic legend whose uniquely terrifying creations were influenced by the dark brand of folklore upon which he was raised. So there is, some of these episodes will start with him just reading a folk story that has been something that influenced Val Luton. If you're not familiar with Val Luton, he did The Cat People and several others, like I Walked with a Zombie. And these movies, if you haven't mm. seen them or maybe, you know, you've heard of them or you've seen the remake of The Cat People, it's no spoiler to say that he, part of him being the um, writer and producer of these films is that he was working for RKO and they, part of the stipulation of them having him work in their horror division was that they had already done the research <laughs> to decide what they thought were, you know, high scoring titles of films. So he <laughs> was given the title of the film. So in a way, it's kind of Ed Wood-ish in that they say like, okay, so this is the title of the movie. So he was given Cat People, make a movie <laughs> that's a horror film that people are going to love and it's going to be called Cat People. And then the next one, I Walk that's with a cool. Zombie oh and etc. Yeah. So he prided himself in taking ones that sounded very kind of pulpy and silly. Uh-huh. And title, and then turning them into these real atmospheric, creepy, unusual, different kind of films. So, um, yeah, so it's like his whole story. I mean, you meet him as a child, you hear how he grows up, you meet other characters, people, you know, real actors, you know, people who, Zsa Zsa Gabor is one, one of the people that you'll meet and several of the other actors and directors and studio heads. And, uh, and it's quite scary. The episodes will be anywhere from like two hours to four hours long. So yeah, I was just recently on a flight uh, to Hawaii and back and I got to just soak into this and listen to to it. So I highly recommend it. And yeah, again, it's the nice. secret history, the secret history of Hollywood. So check it out. Cool. Nice. So whew, I think we did it, guys. We <laughs> made it all the way to Friday. Thank you Yay. both for bringing your curiosity and your questions and your everything to this. And Molly, of course, thank you for being my awesome co-host for this wonderful movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were missed last week, I'll, I'll just say. So Aww. I'm happy to have you back. So yeah. And um, I love podcasting with Pete and Sean. I have to say I had a, a blast, man. Yeah, I, I love podcasting with you. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, I'm, thank just you like, for, I'm really for stoked us. that you guys came back around. And um, yeah, so thank you for being here and staying up late. Totally. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Okay, so one more time, guys. Uh, let's, Pete, let's start with you this time. Where can people find you and um, keep up with what you're up to? <laughs> Yeah, you can find me on minutes 64 and 65 of Cabin nice. Minute Cast. And you can find me on the Indiana Jones Minute at indianajonesminute.com. Cool. And Shawnee Bebe? Yeah, so you can find me at, uh, I was on uh, Spinal Tap Minute. 
and that's at SpinalTapMinute.com. You can find me on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. You could also find me the upcoming hey. Groundhog Minute. And then I also have a weekly solo show that I do called Five Minutes of Mime. And that's once a week, and it's uh, five minutes. It's so good. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, and as usual, you can find us at cabinminutecast.com. Um, our outro music is by Aloha Screwdriver. And uh, we thank the makers. That's Pete and Alex from Star Wars Minute for getting this whole thing started. And um, yeah, I think that's about it for me. Well, happy Friday, y'all. And uh, thank you again uh, for Pete and Sean hanging in there all week. Um, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys for showing up here on a Friday for episode 66, and we will see you back at the cabin. Mm-hmm.